0: The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Nuggets Nation, where you'll find the most up-to-date news, stories, and information about the Denver Nuggets and their organization. Brought to you by your host, Ethan Hinschel. Hey everyone, welcome back to Nuggets Nation. This is your host, Ethan, and I'm here to bring you guys episode 13 Pretty cool news. I got to announce that I will be recording every episode from here on out and publishing them to YouTube. So, for those who like to watch podcasts visually, that will be an option for you. And those who enjoy just hearing me, that will also still be an option as I will continue to upload to Apple, Spotify, and plenty of other platforms too. And if you have not already, please make sure to subscribe and follow my podcast because one of the 1st 500 subscribers who do so will have an opportunity to win a free Nicole Jokic jersey. I'll ship on my dime, so all you have to do is subscribe and follow. In this podcast today, I really want to highlight and preview the Denver Nuggets upcoming game against the Utah Jazz. This episode is going to come out on Wednesday, so the day of the game, and I'm recording on Tuesday night. In the past five games, Utah is 4-1, and one, so they've been playing really well as of recent. So this is going to be a tough game for the Denver Nuggets on the road. I know I kind of mentioned in my podcast that released today or yesterday for you guys when you'll hear it um, is that the Utah Jazz should be a win for the Nuggets and it still should be a win for the Denver Nuggets playing against the Utah Jazz even though it's on the road even though the Utah Jazz are playing really well lately. Denver is the better team. They're the more talented team and that should show in this game if the Denver Nuggets execute and play to their ability but but before I break down that there's a few things that are first important to acknowledge and note that Utah has beat some really good teams as of late they beat Milwaukee and Philly on the road which is incredibly impressive and they lost to the Celtics on the road so it's a really good road trip you beat three you beat two of the three best Eastern Conference teams in the league so far this year and the Celtics have yet to lose to anyone at home so they're just following that pattern really typical then Utah also beat Dallas and Detroit at home in a really dominant fashion, so that brings them to 4-1 in the past five. And as I mentioned earlier, the Utah Jazz are playing really well with a lot of confidence lately, especially at home, so the Nuggets are going to need to get off to a fast start in tonight's game. And in order for the Nuggets to do that, there's a few things that they have to capitalize on first. The first is that Jokic is going to have to establish dominance inside the paint, because Utah does not have the best defense. They allow, I believe, 118 points a game on average, and their two starting big men are Lowry Markinen and John Collins, and neither one of those players are known as great defenders. They're both very talented offensive players, especially Lowry Markinen. but Jokic is going to have to establish dominance in the paint, as well as Aaron Gordon, and just establishing a rebounding presence on the offensive glass, as well as the defensive glass, making sure that they don't get any second chances, Because the Utah Jazz love to attempt three-point shots. And this is a game where Utah is really just going to shoot the ball a lot. So you need to close out on those three-point shooters. And off those long misses, when they do miss, you need to push the ball and out the ball to play some transition basketball where the Nuggets excel at and where Jokic, Porter, Murray, KCP, and Aaron Gordon really do well. And that's where they're going to beat the Utah Jazz in transition. So, and then in terms of their half-court offense, the Nuggets just need to execute, and their execution is going to look familiar to Nuggets fans who have been following the team so far this year. And it's going to be a pick and roll with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, and just breaking down their defense. Because at the end of the day, the Nuggets, as I mentioned earlier, have the m- more talented team here. They're the better coach team, more experienced, all the above. And this is a bit of a trap game for the Nuggets. Frankly, they're on the road, on national TV. Utah's playing well, so it's going to be a tough game. Um, I don't know what the line is off the top of my head, but I can check, and I'll say it at the end of this podcast episode. But Utah's good. John Collins and Larry Markin are really good scorers, as well as Colin Sexton. So they have three out of their five starters are good scorers, prolific scorers, and they have multiple bench pieces that are steadily improving as the season goes on, too. And one of those players in particular is Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson is someone the Nuggets may look to acquire at the trade deadline. I don't know how his contract will work because he does get paid a good amount of money. And I don't know if the Nuggets can work that into their salary cap situation, especially with Vlachar Conchar. I believe being filed on the disabled players list, meaning they will get back his salary that he was due to earn and can use it on another player. However, that amount of salary that they will receive back, I don't think will equate to Jordan Clarkson's salary. So if the Nuggets were to attempt to acquire Jordan Clarkson, which they might, they would have to do some maneuvering, and I don't really know how it would look like. They might have to involve Reggie Jackson, which might be a bit of a disappointment to some fans, including myself, considering what Reggie has provided for the team this year. But I don't want to jump too far ahead, as it's still only January 9th right now, and there's a lot of season to go before the trade deadline. But it's important to acknowledge that Lowry Markkinen is going to be a tough mismatch for Aaron Gordon, especially in terms of height, not in terms of muscle mass, but in terms of height. Lowry Markkinen is a seven-footer who can shoot the ball really well from three-pointer. He's averaging 23.5 points a game this year, 8.6 rebounds a game on 48.9% from th- from the two, and th- shooting 38.6 from three, as well as 85.5 from the line. So He's all around an elite shooter. He won Most Improved Player last year. Lowry Markkinen also was an All-Star last year, and he's probably on pace to be an All-Star this year again. So not much has changed in terms of his, I don't want to say dominance, but in terms of his good play and just overall improvement. And he's a really good player for the Utah Jazz. And John Collins is also playing well. He's averaging 14 points, just under eight rebounds a game, shooting just over 49% from the field, just over 37% from three, so once again, there are two big men, Lowry Markin and John Collins, are shooting the ball really well from two, and they're also shooting the ball pretty, really well from three. And they're going to score points. The Utah Jazz—it's going to be on the Nuggets to play good defense, especially in the half court, and they really got to get on, on those three point shooters and close out. Because if they don't, it's going to get ugly. I have a feeling because, as I said, Utah loves to shoot the three ball, and especially if those two guys are hitting the three, it's tough because. The Nuggets don't necessarily just want to play an up-and-down game of just, like, bucket-to-bucket. They want to involve some defense and some rhythm. And that's tough to do when you have two good players, in Larry Markin and John Collins. Not to say that Aaron Gordon and Nicole Jokic are not up for the challenge because they obviously are. And those two players for the Nuggets are excellent players, so they just need to play that way, frankly. And then Colin Sexton is Utah Jazz's starting point guard. He's a good matchup for Jamal Murray, frankly. He's an athletic point guard. I believe he's 6'4". He's good on the defensive end. I don't want to say he's the best on the defensive end. I take that statement back. He's not bad. And he's not good. Kind of similar to how Jamal Murray is. It's a lot of effort and just execution on the defensive end and reliant on his teammates to make sure he's in the right spot. And for the Nuggets to have success, they got to stop Utah's point guard because he kind of leads the offense in their half-court sets, Lowry Markinen can bail, can bail them out with a shot 100% in a 24-second shot clock instance. But, and to go on to that, about how Lowry Markkinen can bail them out, it's not just the Utah Jazz three starting players, and, and also don't discredit their other two starters. They are contributors, and they play valuable roles for the Utah Jazz, but they also have a really good bench unit. They have their first-round pick in Keontae George. He is up and coming he's becoming better with each game I'd argue one of his biggest weaknesses this season so far has been his shooting but the past five six games his shooting has really seen an uptick in most recently against Milwaukee I believe he attempted seven or nine three-pointers and made four I think um sorry this is just off the top of my head but he's been shooting the ball better and he's shooting the ball with confidence which is key and for the Nuggets the bench has not been the best as of recent, and uh, the bench has kind of just been up and down for the season so far, unfortunately, this year for the Nuggets, and a lot of that is going to be dependent on how the starters start, and not only that, but how Coach Malone then like plays the starters with the bench, because as we know as of late, that we need to have a few starters playing with the bench role, whether it's Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, even just KCP just for some comfortability can hit a shot around the elbow just coming off a play and that play that we like to run for KCP with Jokic just off the handoff but they need to incorporate they can't just play an all five bench unit right now because they're just not playing that well frankly and though that's frustrating for the Nuggets it's something that we just have to live with due to this caliber of our starting five so Utah has a good bench and we cannot let them just absolutely dominate when the bench units are on the floor, the Nuggets have got to stagger one of their starters or two of their staggers with or two of their starters with their bench unit, sorry. And they can't let Utah just run away. So if the Nuggets, let's say like, you know, they're a plus seven with Jokic on the floor, they're up twenty seven twenty. Bench unit comes on, two and a half to go in the first quarter, you know, Nuggets close out the first quarter, winning twenty six you know, so they were minus sorry, I'm not gonna do my mental math right now, but they, they, you can't close out negatively like that. And the Nuggets need to be better with Jokic off the floor. And I know this has been a talking point probably for years about the Denver Nuggets, but... And it's the same thing with Steph Curry and Giannis and Joel Embiid. Your star players, they come off the floor. The team hurts because of the value that they bring offensively and even defensively. Just knowing that Jokic is kind of the anchor defensively and though he's not the best defender, he knows where to be. He plays smart defense. Playing smart defense and playing good defense are two separate things. But if you're a poor defender and you know how to play smart defense, you can become a all right defender and suitable and that is kind of what Jokic has become and I don't even want to say he's just an average defender I would I would like to believe that he's an above average defender frankly and that is going to play a role as we saw in the spring in the playoff run and Utah Jazz are better than their record indicates I think that's kind of the message I've been trying to send as I've been recording this podcast is that don't underestimate the Utah Jazz they're an up and coming team they have a smart front office they have acquired a lot of draft picks for this upcoming this coming year's draft as well as for the future and they have a good backup in Walker Kessler for Lowry Markin, and John Collins to come off the bench and Walker Kessler is a really good defender he's really versatile he's athletic on the defensive end he's a good rim protector which is really important in today's game especially with Giannis and Aaron Gordon and Peyton Watson is going to have to play a big role for the Nuggets in today's game or tomorrow's game sorry and Sorry, I keep saying today because this podcast is going to be released on Wednesday, January 10th. So a piece of me wants to say today because it's going to be released on January 10th, which is the day of the game. But I'm recording here on January 9th. So I apologize for the little confusion there. But just to go back to what I was saying, uh, Peyton Watson is going to need to have a big game, especially off the bench. Because if one of the Nuggets starters gets in foul trouble, or even regardless, if they don't get in foul trouble, Peyton Watson has got to continue his good stretch as of late. And the Nuggets are also going to be looking to seek some bench contributions. Whether it's from Christian Braun, Julian Strother is going to be out for his third straight game with some right knee soreness, which is unfortunate. Hopefully he will be back for the Nuggets homestand, the two-game homestand starting Friday or he'll be back at the worst-case scenario, hopefully, for their five-game road trip, which they will for sure need him. And Julian's a good bench scorer right now, though his defense isn't the best. He has been providing a role for the team, and as his confidence continues to grow, I believe his trust with Malone is also going to grow. And I have high confidence and high faith in Julian Strader. I know I had a whole episode about him. That's how high I was on the guy. And his preseason was excellent. And though that necessarily hasn't translated to the regular season, he hasn't necessarily been given the opportunity to let it translate. I would argue he's been given a few instances and in those few instances in an extended time play, he's done pretty well. Um, So it's really just about opportunity and the right situation. So much about basketball and just the culture of teams is like, is the player in the right situation? And if they are, who are the players surrounding them? Because if you have a player who plays the right way and is in the right system, but the players around him don't like cater to his style, you're doing a disservice for that player. And unfortunately, I believe that Larry Markin is a really good player and a player that, I don't know if he's a one, but, but Larry Markin is good enough as a focal piece for a team to build with. He is a talented player. He shoots the ball really well. And I don't know. I've really kind of always liked the guy. I know I've gone on a bit of a tangent on Lowry Markkinen, but I really like the guy. He's was drafted to Chicago Bulls, which is where I'm from. So it was an easy guy to root for being from Chicago. Um, but, no, he's a really good player. And I don't think he's a one. I think he's a two for a team. Like, he's a number two option. But I don't think he's got that superstar caliber to him but I could be wrong he could continue to get better over the course of the next two three years and prove us all wrong as he kind of did because he kind of looked like a bust in Chicago and I think a bust is a bit of a strong word that I don't know if it's accurate I think a lot of it kind of what I was saying was the situation it's all about situation and timing and the situation in Chicago was fucking shit so when you get a shitty situation it's really tough to succeed so overall message here in this podcast is in order for the Nuggets to win, they need to execute in half-court defense, transition, pushing the ball, and rebounding the ball well. And if they can do all three of those things to a good extent and do it well, as they know how, I believe the Nuggets will win. And I know I want to touch back on one of the first things I mentioned was that I know I talked about what the spread was going to be in today's game. So off the top of my head, I said, I did not know what it was, but I'm checking right now on my phone. <laughs> in spreads minus six and a half for the Nuggets for this game. So Vegas is expecting that the Nuggets win and six and a half is a solid line for sure. It's not two and a half, three and a half. And it's also important to note that Utah has won six straight home games. So Utah's playing well. This is going to be a tough game. It's on national TV. I'm really excited about this game, honestly. Usually, I don't know, some games you're less excited for, some games you're more excited for. But as a Nuggets fan, I think we all can look forward to a nationalized televised game, the world gets to see Jokic. And just one more little tidbit about Jokic that, I don't know, I think it's important to acknowledge. I saw today that on the Serbian Federation of Basketball, or Serbia, not Serbian, Serbia Federation of Basketball, that they didn't vote Jokic as the best Serbian basketball player and (laughs) i know right it's it's laughable and a lot of them are upset that he did not participate in the basketball cup of this past summer because the nuggets went into mid-june with their finals run and Jokic needed some time off and he didn't want to play and he has every right to choose that as a two-time mvp as a finals mvp one of the best players to ever play this game of basketball he has more than the right to choose to not play in a cup in the summer that's I don't want to say meaningless because these international players really care about these things for their countries. But the thing is, Jokic, like he has done so much for the Nuggets that his country can't expect him to just selfishly just get in. And he did it, which as Nuggets fans, I think we should be thankful for because so many times international players get such pressure to play for these teams and they never get time off. Basketball has become a 12-month sport, and it's a little unfortunate because players do deserve time off. And though these athletes are so talented and so good, they are human at the end of the day, and they deserve to be with their family and their friends as we normal people do as well. So it's just important to acknowledge that and just remind the world that Jokic is obviously the best Serbian basketball player of all time, still is, and will ever be. So for all those voters out there, you know, I hope you're happy with how you voted, but the rest of the world knows that you look ridiculous. So anyways, on that note, I just want to say go Nuggets and I hope they win tonight and I will be back with an episode recap after tonight's game. So I look forward to catching up with you guys and have a great day and go Nuggets.